Jesus, I just thank you so much for these group of people here. I just thank you for gathering us here as one family, one body of Christ. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us, God, that as we listen to this message, that it would be from your heart, that you would teach us, God, what it means to pray, what it looks like to pray, what it looks like to be in relationship with you through prayer, God. And so, Lord, would you be with us? I ask for your presence to just be upon us and open up our hearts to receive everything that you have in store for us. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So the message title for today is Prayer as Relationship with God. Prayer as Relationship with God. And if you guys don't remember from last Sunday, Pastor Michael shared a message on our vision for this new year, right? So we are starting a new year with the new sixth graders coming up. You guys came out last week for the first time. And so Pastor Michael shared, what are we looking for in the new year, right? What do we want to see for this junior high ministry all together as a family? And he shared three things, right, three visions. The first one, does anybody remember? I know it was last week, so it might be kind of hard, but anybody remember the first vision that Pastor Michael shared? Okay. <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's part of today's message. What do you guys think? Somebody said it. Prayer. Yes. The first vision that Pastor Michael shared was prayer, right? He wanted us to be focused on prayer and be people of prayer. And second, he also shared that our vision is to be in the word of God, that we will be people that really read the word of God and really uh, become Christians that are invested and devoted to the word of God, right? And the third one was faith and love. Wait, was it faith and love? Yeah, faith and love through action. So what he meant by that was that we would really be able to be Christians that show our faith and love for God through our actions, okay? So those are the couple visions that we have for this new year. And so in the next couple of weeks, me and Pastor Michael, we're going to kind of rotate and we're going to share specifically on the various visions, all right? And so today, we're going to talk about prayer, prayer. And so I want to talk about the theme of prayer. And so let's read the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. And so in, this, in these uh, couple of verses, Jesus is speaking, and he is teaching us on how to pray. He is teaching us what it looks like to pray. So let me read this for us. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. It says this. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. But truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you go pray, when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, 
neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Amen. All right. So in these couple of verses, Jesus is speaking, and he is teaching us what it means to pray, what it looks like to pray, right? Because sometimes we, we know about prayer, and as Christians, we know that we need to pray, right? We're called to pray, but we don't really know what it looks like to pray, right? What it means to pray. And so today, I kind of want to share with you guys what is prayer and what it means to pray, right? Because sometimes as Christians, we kind of just pray um, out of habit. We pray because we have to. But I want you guys to understand the real essence of why we pray. And um, as a large, a larger theme of this message of prayer, I want to share that prayer is not just us talking to God, but prayer is actually relationship with God, right? Prayer as relationship with God. And with relationship, prayer is also communication with God. We're communicating and we're talking with God. And that's the difference between maybe what we think about prayer because in relationship, it's a two-way street, right? Sometimes we think prayer is just like a one-way thing where we're just voicing our desires and our wants and our needs to God. And it just becomes kind of a one-way thing where we're just praying to God and just saying what we want. But I want to emphasize that prayer is relationship, right? And when we think about relationships, it's a two-way thing, right? It's not just one person talking to another person the whole time. And so for us, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we entered into a relationship with God, right? So we entered into a relationship with God, and we became unified with him. And so let's talk about the topic of relationship first. Um, taking out our relationship with God just in the general sense, talking about relationship. When you guys think about relationship, what do you guys think of, right? Like let's say if you had a relationship with your friend or with your family member, like we have relationships uh, with all types of people, right? And sometimes we have different types of relationships, right? Some we're just kind of acquaintances with and some we're kind of closer to, right? But if we were to think about a really close relationship, maybe your best friend or your family member, how would you define that type of relationship? How would you define that? What defines a close relationship? What does it look like? Anybody have any ideas? No? I would say it would be defined by probably the time that you spend with that person. Maybe how much you share with that person, right? If you're closer to that person, you might probably share more things with them, right? The closer that they are to you, the more secrets you might share with them, the more time you might spend with them. And so naturally, obviously, I think our family members would probably be the closest relationships that we have, right? Because not only do we spend lots of time with them, they know all of our secrets because they probably are part of our secrets, right? But also, they're related to us by blood, right? And so for a relationship, we define how close we are or what a relationship is by how much time, how much um, information, how many secrets we share with the people that we are close to. And so there might be a situation where it's kind of off, right? Where let's say like, have you guys ever had an instance where you talk to one person and then you go to that person and they're like, oh, do you know so-and-so? And they're like, oh yeah, like I'm so close to that person. And you're like, oh, okay. So then you meet that other person and you're like, hey, do you know this guy? And then this person's like, yeah, I know him. And you're like, yeah, that person said you're so close to them. And they're like, uh, like, 
that's kind of awkward because we like barely talk, right? It's like different. And so what do you think that difference was, right? This person said, oh, that's kind of awkward because we don't really talk. And so we're not that close, right? And so maybe this person has a different opinion, right? Because obviously this person is like, oh, we're not really close because we don't really talk that much, right? And so even in a normal relationship, right, where we're with friends and people we know, we kind of know how close we are because we're like, oh, we've talked this much or we've talked like a lot. And so, I mean, maybe this person was probably, this person was probably like just wrong about what they thought. But most of the time when we think about how close we are, we know we're close to that person because we spend a lot of time with them and because we talk to them a lot more, right? And so in the same way with God, we are in a relationship with him, right? And so for us, if we are in a relationship with him, and we say that as Christians, we love him and we are close to him, then what's the more natural thing for us to do? What do you guys think? <laughs> All right, we got a quiet crowd. I'll answer for you guys. It's to talk to him and to pray with him and to be in relationship with him, right? If we as Christians say, oh, yeah, like, I really love God. Like, I love God with everything that I have, and we're in a relationship together. Like, he died for me, and I love God, and I'm a Christian. Like, we represent God, right? But it wouldn't make any sense if we say we love God and we have a close relationship with God, but we don't pray at all, right? Or we don't talk to him at all. That's kind of like then God ends up becoming that, like, um, that person that's like, oh, like, we end up becoming this awkward person, right? Where we're like, yeah, like, I'm so close with God, but then God's like, oh, but, like, I barely talk to you, right? <laughs> like, I talk to you, like, once once a month or something. Or, like, we only talk when, like, there's other people around, right, on Sunday service or something, right? It becomes, like, that awkward situation, and we don't want to be that person, right, where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm so close to that person, and then you go to the other person, and they're like, oh, like, we barely talk, right? In a similar way, it's kind of like that even with God, right? When we say that we have a relationship with God, then a natural thing for us to do is to pray. And praying is not just like, you know, just telling him what we need and what we want, but it's a relationship. It's communication with God, right? And so prayer is relationship with God. And so we're going to go through the Lord's Prayer, and we're going to see what Jesus teaches us about prayer. He's going to talk about our he shares with us in the Lord's Prayer the various ways that we can pray. And I want to go through each verse and point out what he is saying about these verses. And so my first point is pray in relationship. In Matthew 6, 9, it says this. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. So already in just those two sentences, we see that God is a relational God. Because if you guys remember, God is the most powerful and the greatest authority in the universe, right? He is the creator of the universe. And so Jesus, if he were teaching us to pray and he wanted to emphasize that, he could have told us to pray like, oh, our great king, right, in heaven. Our Lord in heaven. He could have said to pray like that. But instead, he uses the word father, right? He says pray like this, our Father in heaven. And to us, that already shows that God is a relational God, right? Because when you think about Father, even your own Father, He is very close to you, right? And so God wants us to think of Him even as, his, as our Father, 
And him being our father, that naturally and automatically makes us his children. In that place, that's already very relational. And so Jesus wants us to come to God in a relational way first. And second, it says that, it says, our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Um, Does anybody know what hallowed means? It's kind of a difficult word, but it basically means holy. So what it's saying is saying, holy is your name. Our father in heaven, holy is your name. And so Jesus is also teaching us to worship him and to praise him in prayer. All right. So in prayer, he wants us to be relational, like our Father, but also he wants us to know that he is holy and to praise him in holiness. And second, Jesus teaches us to pray his will, pray his will. In the next verse, Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So many times... Uh, For us as Christians, when we pray, a lot of times it kind of becomes about our own agenda, right? When we pray, we usually pray when it's something that we need, whether we need a better grade in our exam or we want a new clothing item or we want the newest game or we need help for something or we're going through a hard time. A lot of times when we pray, it kind of becomes about us, right, our own agenda. But God is teaching us to pray not our will but his will. And I'm not saying, like, praying all those things is bad. God actually wants us to pray. Like, if we need something, if we want something, we can pray. Like, if we need a new phone and we broke our phone, like, we can pray, right? But, for example, let's say, let's use the phone example, right? Let's say we broke our phone. And so we're praying to God, like, God, like, I really need a new phone. Like, will you please help me get a new phone, right? Praying that is not a bad thing. But let's say that was actually not God's will for you in that time. Let's say, like, your will is I want a new phone. But maybe God is saying, I actually don't want you to get a new phone right now because I want you to take a break from social media, right? Maybe God is saying, my will for you, at least for a couple months, is to just be phoneless and don't have any social media or any distractions because I want you to focus on me, right? And so in that place, you are praying for your own will, but God's will is different. And from there... What God is asking you is, are you willing to submit your own will to God, right? And so it's like, my will is God, I'm praying for a new phone, but if your will is that I don't have a phone, then I will say yes and I will submit, right? And so that's the question that God is asking you is, it's okay if you ask for different things and if, it, if it's things that you want or need, but if God says something different, he's, he wants to see your heart, right? He wants to see Are you willing to lay down your own desire or something you want for him, right? Submitting your will to God's will. And that's what Jesus is teaching us here. He's teaching us to say, your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Even if there are things that I want more, if you think that that's better for me and that's your will for me, then I will let it go and I will submit to your will. And I know it's not an easy thing. But it's something that we can all grow in and learn to submit in to God's will. Knowing that when we do, that God's will is actually for our own good, right? That we might think, oh, we know better. But when we align to God's will, it's actually for us. That he knows better than we do. And, you know, when we think about it, that's actually what Jesus did, right? You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he, of course, he wanted to save us. 
he wanted to give us eternal life, but he didn't want to suffer, right? And Jesus actually, he was God, but he wasn't some superhuman where he didn't feel any pain on the cross. He endured everything. He felt every pain that any human would feel when they're crucified on the cross, right? But God, the Father, he told Jesus, my will for you is to die for my people so that they can have eternal life, right? Jesus wasn't like, okay, like I'll definitely die. Like I'm so excited, happy to endure all this pain, right? It wasn't that. Jesus knew how hard it was going to be. He knew how much it was going to hurt, how much pain he was going to have to endure. And so obviously in his flesh, he was saying, man, my will is like, I wish I didn't have to endure through that pain. But we see in the Bible that he says, but not my will, but your will be done, right? In Matthew 26, 39, he says this, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will, right? And so Jesus demonstrates that for us in the greatest way, where he gave up his own life, where he's saying, you know, I wish that I didn't have to die to save this people, to save the world. But if it's God's will, then I will do it for the salvation of mankind, right? And so for us too as well, we're actually called into that, right? We're called to submit to God's will. Even if we don't want it, even if it's not something that we want to do, that we would submit to God's will. And so even thinking about whatever might come up for you, right, whatever you feel like maybe is God's will over your will, right, maybe lessening time on playing games or lessening time on Instagram or TikTok to spend time with him, maybe that's God's will for you, right? And you don't want to let it go because obviously it's, it's like you get to spend time and you get to just like be like having fun and laughing on like your phone or video games, but God's will might be for you to spend more time with him, right, and being able to submit to that because it's God's will for you. And next, God also teaches us to pray for provision. Pray for provision. In Matthew 6, 11, it says, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. And this can go two ways. It can go both spiritually and physically. Sometimes when we think, like, in the Bible, we're asking God for our daily bread, we're only asking him for, like, the spiritual daily bread, right? Like, fill us up every single day. But this is actually saying, give us this day our daily bread, as in we can pray for both our physical needs and our spiritual needs, right? And for us as human beings, we all have basic necessities, right? What are the basic necessities that we all have to live? What do we need? What do we need? Food? What else? Water? What else? We need clothes. We need shelter, right? We need basic necessities to live. And that's probably like, you know, if we were like maybe like cavemen, we need like just the basic necessities. But now we need more, right? We need a job to get by. We need a car to go around. Like if your car breaks down, you're going to have to pray to God to ask for it, right? You're going to need a lot of things. So we all as, as human beings, we have things that we need. We have provision that we need. And a lot of times we go to the easiest thing, whether it's, like, our parents, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, like, I don't know, whatever it is. We go to the material things first to fill our lack. But actually God is the one that provides for us, right? Ultimately, even the money that we get, even the things that we get from our parents, it comes from God, right? And so what Jesus is teaching us is ask him in prayer 
for the provision that we need. And we have the right, if we are lacking anything, God is our provider. And he is the one that says in his word that he will provide all things for us. And so if you are lacking in anything and you need something, you can go to God and pray because he will provide it for you. Um, for example, for my life, um, I started here like a couple weeks ago, like a month ago. But before that, six months ago, I was at a different, pa- uh, different pastoring job. And um, during that six months, I took a break. Right. But in my situation, I actually had moved out last year with my sister. And so my situation was I still needed to pay for things. Right. I still needed to survive. I needed to pay for rent. I needed to pay for gas, for food, for all these things. And so obviously for me, I need to make money. But for some reason, I felt convicted that God actually wanted me to take a break during that time, during the six months. And so for me, it's like, okay, I feel like God's will is for me to take a break and take a six-month break. But then realistically, it's like, how am I going to survive, right? Like, I need to make money. Like, I need to work. But I feel like God was saying, like, don't work. Just focus on yourself and rest and just focus on school. And so I started kind of worrying, honestly. I was like, oh, no, like, I'm going to be, like, stepping down from my job soon. Like, I'm going to take a six-month break. But, like, how am I going to survive? But during that time, I just decided, you know what? Let's trust in God. Like, if, if I'm a Christian and in the word it says that he provides for me and he is the one that's leading me to kind of take this break, because six months is actually a long time, though, right? Especially if you have to pay rent and stuff. I was like, okay, Lord, if this is what you want, then I will submit. And so I just prayed, Lord, you want me to do this, but I need you to provide because I don't know how I'm going to survive without you. And so I'm just going to trust in you. And what's crazy is actually... I didn't fully realize this until I looked back this past week. But during the six months, actually, I was never in lack of anything. Like, in random moments, I think almost, like, every other month, I just got, like, pockets of money from, like, random places. So, like, I know a lot of you guys or a lot of your parents, um, they got the COVID, like, relief funds. So that came in, like, in the second month when I was on my break. And then um, every year we do, like, a tax return thing. But usually, like, some people, they have to pay money to the government for tax. But I actually got $2,000 in return. So that was, like, crazy, too. I was, like, it was, like, literally in the middle of my six-month break. And then after that, California gave out another $600. So then that one was, like, free money, too. I'm sure everybody else kind of got it, too. But for me, it was just, like, the timing was perfect. Like, I needed that money. And in that place, I had more than enough to, like, cover all the costs that I needed. And even just during those times, not even just the money that I received, but for some reason, like, when I would meet with somebody, they would just want to bless me. Like, I didn't ask them. Like, more than anything, I wanted to pay for them. But they were just like, no, like, let me pay for you. And so I never starved. I never went broke. God fully provided for me and even more during those six months. And so from, for my own personal testimony, like, I can really vouch that God is a provider for everything that we need, right? And so Jesus teaches us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. And it's actually a real thing. If you are in need of anything, if you are in lack of anything, pray to God because he will give you what you need. Amen? Amen? Amen. All right. And next, Jesus teaches us to pray for forgiveness. Pray for forgiveness. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12 says this, And forgive us our debts as we also have, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And so we're called to receive forgiveness from God, right? When we were saved, when we accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we received 
a forgiveness that uh, forgave all of our sins of our entire lives, right? But just because we've received that forgiveness, it doesn't mean that we don't ever ask for forgiveness again and we don't repent again, right? Because the reason is, yes, he forgave us for everything, but we are still sinners even now. And so even as Christians, even though we are trying not to sin, we still sin, right, here and there, right? Probably almost every day we still sin, which means we still need to always ask God for forgiveness of our sins, right? And so Jesus is teaching us, make sure to pray for forgiveness and ask God for forgiveness. And not only that, but also remember that you are also to forgive others, right? It comes in a two-way place. It doesn't make sense if you've been forgiven of so much, but you decide not to forgive other people, right? Because Jesus has forgiven you of everything that you have done, of all of your sins, which came with the price of his own life, right? And so for us, too, we are also called to forgive others in any way that somebody wrongs us or does things against us, right? And so Jesus is teaching us that, that we would pray for forgiveness, that we would say, forgive us of our debts, and also that we would forgive our debtors, that we would forgive those that maybe even did wrong to us, right? And lastly, Jesus is teaching us to pray for protection. Pray for protection. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, it says, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, Jesus is teaching us to pray like this because we are in need of protection, right? If you guys didn't know, uh, we're still living, not in heaven, we're still living in an evil and sinful world. And Satan and the enemy is out here to always try to destroy us, always try to tempt us, always try to make us fall. And it's not to scare you, but it's the reality, right? The reality is that, yes, the enemy is always going to try to bring us down. Because the one thing that the enemy hates is for us to be close to God and is to be in relationship with God. And what is relationship with God? It's prayer, right? And so what the enemy does is he tries to bring us down, try to tempt us, and try to take us away. And unfortunately, even though we want to fight against the enemy on our own, we can't. We just don't have the strength and the power to be able to fight against the enemy on our own. If it's just by our own strength, we're going to fall. And we're going to, you know, be um, destroyed by the enemy. But with God, he can protect us. With God, he gives us the strength to overcome. But we need to pray, right? Which is why Jesus is teaching us, pray for protection and pray like this. Lord, may we not be led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Please help us because we cannot do it on our own, but we need your strength to help us and be delivered from evil, right? And so these are the couple of ways that Jesus teaches us how to pray in the Lord's Prayer. It's kind of a lot. It's kind of interesting because when I was actually going through the Lord's Prayer, I didn't realize how much was packed into this short prayer. Because for me too, honestly, like I'll just read it and it's just like I read it because we memorize it, right? It's like we pray it and then at the end it says, and lead us not temptation but deliver us from evil for yours is the kingdom, power, and glory forever. Amen. Right? You guys know that whole prayer. It's like kind of ingrained in us. So we never really think about like, oh wait, the Lord's Prayer is actually like Jesus actually teaching us how to pray. But after going through it and kind of preparing for it, I realized every single verse has something so significant that Jesus wants us to learn, right? And so Jesus wants us to learn how to pray in this way, that we will pray in relationship, 
that we would know that God is our Father, and He wants us to know that He's close with Him, with us, and He wants us to pray His will, that we would submit to His will and pray according to what He desires for our lives, that He wants us to pray for provision, that if we are ever in lack, if we are ever in need, that we will pray to God. And so actually, like, we might think praying for things that we need, praying for the newest items or whatever is a bad thing, but honestly, it's not, right? Because God wants us to pray. He wants us to pray for things that we need and want. It doesn't have to be need because he wants us to actually be happy, right? He doesn't want us to always suffer. He wants us to be happy, and he wants, he knows what we desire and want. And so we are actually called to pray for provision um, from God. And he's calling us to pray for forgiveness, forgiveness for ourselves and to pray to forgive others. Because sometimes it's hard to forgive others and we're going to need God's help. And so God wants us to pray for forgiveness. And lastly, God teaches us to pray for protection because we are in a battle right now, right? We will be in a spiritual battle continuously until we get to heaven, which means we need to pray for God's protection, all right? Lastly, as I end, just a couple of practical applications on how to pray. If the praise team can come up while I just kind of share and end. Um, we wanted to share this message because it's our vision for you guys to pray. And praying as in not just on Sundays, but really creating a lifestyle of prayer, right? Which means you guys need to pray probably at home. And so some practical applications, some advice that I'll probably give you guys is um, I find that it's very easy to get distracted at home. And so if you guys can, I encourage you guys to pick a time in your day where you won't be distracted by people or your family, right? And I encourage you guys to um, set that time the same time every day, whether it's the morning or night, and to really just set that time before God, whether it's 15 minutes, 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be so long, but just setting a time before the Lord every day and saying, God, I want to give this time to you. And during that time, I encourage you guys to put away your devices and phones because those are honestly very distracted. Even if, like, I put my phone away, but I hear the vibration, it, like, I think about it while I'm praying. I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, is somebody contacting me? You know? So just, like, put it on silent or put it far away because it's very easy to get distracted. Um... And I just want to say, like, prayer is not limited to any way. So you don't always have to be like, Chuya, Chuya, or I don't know, we don't say Chuya. We say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We don't have to always be like that. Or we don't always have to just, like, you know, not say anything. Like, prayer is not limited to, to any way. It's just whatever you think that you want to, however you want to pray in that moment to God, right? And, you know, actually, like, if you cry too and you don't say anything, that's prayer too. There's so many times where I just came before God. And all I did was just cry. But that was prayer before God, right? And so whatever you do before God, as long as you're sitting before God and you're praying, that is relationship, right? Because sometimes, you know, when you think about relationship, you're not, when you think about a close relationship, you're not always talking, right? How you know you're really close to that person is when you don't have to say anything and you're sitting there, right? Like when you have to continue to like keep conversation, you're like not that close because you're not really comfortable. But when you're really comfortable, you just can do whatever you want. If you want to talk, you talk. If you don't want to talk, you don't have to. If you want to cry in front of each other, you cry. So it's the same thing with God, right? And even more. Because he wants you to be fully open to him. And so uh, before we end, I kind of want for all of us to 
pray this prayer together. But this time when we pray, let's not pray it as if we're just, we just memorized it. But let's pray it just reminding ourselves of just the different points that I shared of how to pray. All right? So before we go into a time of prayer, let's pray this Lord's Prayer together. All right? So one, two, three. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. All right. Can we all rise? And let's just take some time right now to come before God. And before going to one last song of worship, let's just come before God in a place of prayer. But remember, prayer is not just us, like, you know, saying all these things um, out of habit or because we know things. But I want you guys to just take some time right now. And just think about, like, what do you want to pray for? From the different categories that I shared for you, like his praying to submit to his will, praying for protection, for provision, uh, for forgiveness, whatever comes up to you that you think you need to pray for right now, I want you guys to pray for. And so come before God and just think, Lord, uh, what is something that I need to come before you with and pray unto? And let's just take some time to pray, and then we'll go into a time of worship. So let's pray right now. Thank you. 